Today, I have an absolute treat for you. I have Danielle McGinnis. She is a physical therapist. She originally started out as a personal trainer, but wanted to expand her practice. She wanted to have a more impact on the people that she was working with. And so she went to physical therapy school and all of the stuff that she puts out online is super positive. It just has a really a great vibe to it. And that is why I wanted to talk to her. I wanted to talk to her about human beingship, about adaptability and about connection because she does that so well through a platform of you know Instagram that I honestly have a harder time doing that. And so I thought this was an amazing conversation. If you follow her on Instagram or you want to, it's dbird Twenty aka the muscly love bomb warrior and really just in her own words her mission is to heal others by offering a light of optimism in a judgment-free space that is open for people of all walks of life she wants to coach individuals through compassion empathy and empathy because she believes that everybody on this earth serves a purpose and it is an injustice for people not to understand their true strengths this was an awesome conversation go out there follow her and get on her social media channels she's putting out great stuff all the time and there is more and more great stuff to come from Danielle. I hope you enjoy this interview as much as I did. Welcome to the Deep Roots Podcast. My name is Lance Enerson and it is my mission to help heal your human beingship through physiotherapy, breath, movement, and discomfort. All right, Danielle McGinnis, Welcome to the podcast. I'm pumped to have this conversation. Um, I love the stuff that you have on Instagram. Just the whole vibe of it is super positive. It's uh, really empowering. And I think it just relates to a lot of people. And so I'm really pumped to have this whole conversation about human beingship and just everything that you're doing. So uh, welcome. Welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. When you um, when you hit me up uh, and you kind of told me like the vibe of the podcast and you use the word human beingship, I'm like, yes, yes, let's go. Um, I think that there's like a human um, human being ship listness <laughs> to the world. <laughs> I feel like um, we could start connecting to people a little bit more and make a make a bigger impact in this world if people, you know, started just realizing that, you know, we're all just humans here. And once we dive into that a little bit more, I think that um, we can start making moves towards healing and towards the wellness of individuals across the world. So yeah, I'm super pumped. Thank you for having me. Of course, it's gonna it's gonna be good. So when uh, when you hear the word human beingship, it sounds to me like that says like connection to you. Like that's kind of like where that where that speaks to you. Would that be right? Yeah, for sure. And I think it's it's not only a connection to others, but I think it's also um, a deep connection to self. I think that a lot of people, humans, um, don't realize, you know, we live in this world that's so fast paced and it's always moving and we have all these expectations on us. And literally, if you just sit down and get still for a little bit, it's when you come back to the fact that, you know, we're all just humans here and the relation, not a lot of people have the relationship to themselves. And so they're not showing up for others. And I, I think that's a prereq for connection with others is really the connection to self. And I think that's kind of where we're um, 
I think we're really stepping up uh, as time is moving and as information is available, but we're, we're also dropping the ball. And I think it's going to just take a lot of people spreading the message message of getting back to self um, and realizing, you know, human being does not mean human doing, you know, like it's not a performance based world. It's, it's a being world. And, you know, that's, that's really all we have is, is our being. And if we're not maximizing that, and we don't have any connection to ourselves, how in the world are we supposed to perform and connect with others? There's no way. Oh yeah. Yeah, for sure. I I love that. I think that really comes through in a lot of the stuff that you put out online, just like the content and everything of, of performing at your best, but also performing at your best as you are like as, as a person, you know, of, of sending, sending that message that it's, it's not just, it's not so much what you're doing while that, that is important because some of that does define characteristics of who we are because it it shows how we're spending our time, what we care about, what we're investing in, but making sure that that's coming from a place of, you know, of of authenticity of of who we actually are and, and understanding that. I think that that's, that's a huge asset just to the people that are interacting with you, you know, in person and, and online. And so that, that's something that I've, I've really admired from, you know, following, following your stuff. Thank you. I, I honestly feel like, um, Instagram has been a great platform and a great tool to get my message out into the world. And it's, it's taken me, you know, I don't know, my Instagram kind of grew out of nowhere and I was just like, what is going on? But I, I really do feel like it's it's really when I started connecting back to myself and really really being like, I know like authenticity is like a huge buzzword right now, but like really when I started being, like, when I just said like, screw it, like I'm going to be the Danielle that like I really feel like the world needs. And when I started doing that and stopped trying to like, do things that other people were doing and, you know, do all these kind of crazy methods. And it's like, no, like just be you be Danielle because so many people are just, it's kind of like a magnet. And you know, when you, I can see right through that when someone's trying to show out or show up and they're not being authentic, it's just, that's where the connection it's like, if you think of like a spark or something or, you know, some kind of like electricity, like it's so dull when someone is an authentic, authentic and then when you have a conversation and the person is showing up truly how they are it's like man I'm like so fired up you know and and that's super contagious and I just like I want to be that across the world for people I just want to be super authentic and you know be the person that they see on Instagram and when when you meet me in real life or you have a conversation with me like in this podcast like you realize like it's the same person it's the same exact person I think that's huge Oh yeah. Yeah. That's, that's awesome. And you said something in there that I, I kind of want to unpack a little bit that was that you wanted to, what was it that you wanted to show up as the Danielle that the world actually needed? Yeah. And so for you, how was it that you saw that you could see the distance between who you were being at the time or showing up as at the time and then the Danielle that the world needed? Like how, how did you find find that, that space and kind of bridge the gap. Does that make sense? Yeah. Um, I think it's been a lot of just experience, just life experience. And, you know, like I feel like innately, um, I feel like I'm just like a genuinely positively optimistic, happy person. 
that's who, I mean, that's who we all are when we're born. We are not born with all these like societal norms that are just like packed on top of us. We are like these joyous humans. And I feel like I was like trying to impress so many people and like I've taken personality tests and like my personality is like the achiever and like the, the negative qualities of the achievers, like they won't like failure is the end of the world for the achiever. So it was like, I would do everything in my, my power not to fail or make sure that people liked me or do all these things. And I just felt this like disconnection, like this, this deep pooling at my soul. And I was like, man, like I'm happy, but like it's disconnected. And I've always been like a very curious person too. Um, so when I was in physical therapy school, I was just so busy all the time that I just like was kind of just like going through the motions. And then when I got, um, I moved to Charlotte and I was, it was like the first time that I was like by myself. So it was like sitting in this apartment, like by myself, I had like, kind of like, like you said, that space and that time to like understand who I was. And I was like, dude, that's not you. Like, um, so I just started getting curious and asking myself questions and kind of like unpacking that disconnect that I was feeling. And at the root of it, I, I discovered myself and I, I don't know, it's, everyone talks about like this self-love concept. And for me, it was like, I was seeking it and like all these like Instagram memes and like all these things or like people would tell you things. And it's like, that's only at like face value. It's only until you can take those things, interpret them and find like the resonance between those things and how your soul truly operates that like you can start to make the connection and, like, I really feel like if you could think of, like, self-love or the discovery of self, it is, in my mind, I think of, I think of it as, like, a like a Narnia. Like, it's, like, this impossible <laughs> place that, like, everyone's, like, go there. It's, it's an amazing place. But you're, like, well, how the hell do I get there? And I think it's a lot of just sitting with yourself asking yourself questions, understanding yourself as a human, um, giving yourself empathy and compassion um, for everything that you've done in your life and just creating that, that space and that time. And I think that takes, um, it take, it took me a lot of like, you know, um, sadness. It took me a lot of loneliness. It took me a lot of darkness. It took, me a lot of disconnect took me some failures it took me you know all these different things in combination I finally came back to me and I'm like man I really want to create something for people that gives them an avenue to this like I don't know Narnia place that everyone (laughs) describes because I feel like um once you're there once you get it once you find it it's like and you see yourself like slipping out of that. It's like, I don't want to live that life. No, 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 that's not, you so you really get to, you start to know yourself a little bit more. And, um, it's, I always try to tell myself that like, I want to live at my highest level of knowledge and my highest level of knowledge in every aspect of my life. And that includes like the highest knowledge of myself. So I'm continually evolving that place. Um, and that comes from just like quiet time, meditation, 
consistency with my routines, um, having setting boundaries for myself, doing doing things for myself that um, truly light me up and I'm passionate about. So I think a combination of all those things is is, is truly how I found connection to myself. And so yeah. Oh yeah, I, I love that. I think I think you should uh, start a program and just call it Daniel's Narnia. And uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, I pretty much. Uh, I don't know. I just like took some time, like went on a whiteboard and just like kind of like mind mapped this uh, Narnia space. So I'm pretty excited to just like kind of explore it. And I think that's kind of what the future is for me is, is trying to, like I said, help other people heal themselves mentally, physically, spiritually to find that, that Narnia place. (laughs) (laughs) It'd be magical. I'm I'm sure of it. Oh, I Uh, love magic. I love that word. I love that word so much. <laughs> so with, with that whole process, there were a couple of things that stood out to me. Like, first of all, the curiosity was key for you, yeah. uh, that there's kind of like that there's something, that something else, something more, that there's something that you could access, right? Like I think a lot of times with curiosity, or we look at it as something that's like, so far out in the distance over the, the horizon that it's just like people are looking at it with from like a telescope rather than seeing that it's within arm's reach. Right. Especially, especially with the whole idea of, of knowing ourselves better and you know, all, all the stuff that goes along with that. Like it's not, it's not something that's clear out, you know, in, in the distance, like in outer space, it's, it's right there. Right. And, and the second thing was just that, that you, you had to go through some, times or some some feeling some some phases of discomfort with you know getting getting from a to b and so what for you like what what's the value of of being with that discomfort of sitting with it and, and being in it versus you know kind of just trying to go around it or or avoiding it and um and not not spending time with it so if you truly get to know Danielle, Danielle at it, at her core is the biggest nerd. Um, so I will sit and just like read quotes from like people from like 200 years ago and up just like, because it's so fascinating to me that like they did not have like the technology that we did and that those people are so connected to like the self. Um, but Joseph Campbell, um, I have a quote by him and it's, it says it is by going down into the abyss that we recover the treasures of life where you stumble. That's where your treasure is. Mm-hmm. And I really feel like the rock bottoms in life and the uncomfortable situations they give us more opportunity than we even realize to just start conceptualizing like what the darkness truly is. And there's an, there's a huge opportunity there to like return back to yourself and choose a new path and to heal your past and reclaim your future and do all these things. But it's, it's only possible if you embrace it. And I think that the darkness, it, it kind of like lays everything out on the table for you. It's like, okay, so here we are. This is what we have. It's your choice. Move forward. And um, I just truly feel like um, 
the darkness is a place where you can really truly shine if you choose to. And I think that a lot of people um, distract themselves too much when something bad happens or they're sitting in a dark place, they can't, they don't have the space to sit with the discomfort. And if, if I could just tell somebody that, you know, just sit with it a little bit, you don't have to be happy all the time. I feel like I'm one of like the most cheery bubbly people of all time. And I've started to really get, um, comfortable with sitting with the uncomfortable. Like if I have a day where I'm like, like now I'm kind of in this like entrepreneur space. So it's like, okay, so like Monday through Wednesday, I'll be like super jazzed up, like ready to go. I'm going to change the world. And then Thursday hits and I'm like, Ooh, I'm not feeling super motivated today. Like I'm like, I don't know. I kind of get like this, like, it's not, I don't know. It's not like a sadness, but it's like a weird feeling. And I've started to learn to just kind of sit with that. And like, again, ask myself questions um and like like I said before like reading Instagram memes about like happiness like that can just like spiral you out of control because it's like well everybody else is happy like why the hell are they happy you know like why am I sad and it's like only sitting in that time in that darkness can you realize like the happiness right here in front of you you just have to choose it and I think that comes with also like a gratitude um I think it comes with just experiencing life and getting past the discomfort and realizing like okay like what's past this okay sunshine you know we have a storm sunshine all right we might have another storm but like we have sunshine too and it's just being grateful for every single dark place light place and everything in between and i think that being open to that is invaluable Oh yeah. Yeah. I, I love that. I, the thing that I find fascinating about this whole conversation of going to those places that are really uncomfortable and spending time there and just digesting, kind of digesting who we are in those situations. I love how that almost, it almost always just like dovetails perfectly into a conversation about gratitude because yeah. like yeah. You, that's, that's where, that's where you, you test everything about who you are and, and like what you, what you stand for and, and like everything that you talk about in those, you know, sunshine, rainbows and unicorns, uh, kind of situations. Like it's only if it's only the gratitude after the discomfort, after the darkness that you're like, Hey, like I'm actually doing this. Like this actually is me. Like I'm, I'm for real. Yeah. Yeah. I think that, um, Gratitude is a thing that it's a practice that you have to continually work on. And it's, you just have to kind of train your mind to be in in a grateful state. And I think that's only going to come from doing it day after day after day after day. Um, Because you can't wake up one day and be like, oh, I'm grateful that I woke up today. And then the next day just, or the next two weeks, just be in a piss poor attitude. Like you have to wake up every day with kind of a grateful heart and start implementing that and really, really try, try to make that part of your being. And it's, it's, it's easier said than done for sure. Especially when you're in the dark places and literally all you see is darkness, but like realizing that you are the light in the darkness changes the game, changes everything. 
Oh yeah. I, I love, I really like that. I like the whole, that that you are, you are the light in the darkness. And it's one of those things It's just like, we hear these things so often, but it's so much harder to be like, to actually step back and kind of view it objectively and be like, okay, like this is what I'm going through. This is who I am. And this is how I can handle it. Like I can, I can do this. Right. And yeah. so like, that's, that's what awesome. Control of a situation. Like there's certain parts in darkness, like we can't control. Like if you're in a dark situation and other people are treating you shitty, like you can't control that. You only have partial control over it. And what you do have control over is the way that you show up in that situation. Like you are the light show up as the light. There's certain things that you, you don't have your, you don't have control over and like the reaction of others, the way the world is happening. Like we get so wrapped up in those things and we just set ourselves up for failure. And if you just ask yourself, like if you take the time and ask yourself like, okay, do I have partial control over this? Which we suck at because we live in a society that is like perfectionism all the time. And ask yourself, do I have no control over this or do I have full control over this? And like, if you have no control, let it go. Just let it go. And if you have partial control, ask yourself, like, like I said before, like, what can I do right now to live in at my highest level of knowledge? What, what is it going to take for me to live at my highest level of knowledge? And that's all I can control. The rest, you gotta, you gotta gut it. Like you gotta let it go. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So I, I really like this conversation of how this is very kind of a, a, a more of like a deep work thing on a personal level that, that we're talking about. And something I find really fascinating about this is that both of us being physical therapists, <laughs> right? Yeah. Of, of like, we're, we're the basically the doctors of movement. And yeah. we're talking about, you know, like, true self and spending time with like uncomfortable things like in the darkness showing up as the light so how does all of this with this uh internal work how does that transfer over for you into more of like of the physical you know of of the movement practice of of all that kind of stuff so i think that um as a pt and as a coach I think that regardless if, if it's a client or if it's a patient, like it's our job as clinical practitioners to approach a treatment in a way that educates an individual and empowers an individual back towards independent movement optimization. And that is going to come from empowering them towards independence. And that is also going to come from changing their relationship to how they view whatever they're dealing with, whether it be an injury or a faulty movement pattern, or it's, it's going to, it's going to come from at least in, in my experience and my novice experience as a practitioner. Um, I've found that my patients have responded really well when I empower them to understand that they are in control of their their outcome of this. They are not a victim of their diagnosis. They are not their diagnosis. They are a human. And once we um, increase the individual's awareness for their own potential and their own gifts and their own possibility, man, changes the game of rehab. 
one hundred percent. Like I, I would, yeah. I would challenge someone to test that. Like, <laughs> you know, so. oh yeah, I I agree one hundred percent. One of the the things that I I like to say is that there's a there's a story and a human attached to every injury, and because people come in, they're like, oh, like I have this rotator cuff injury, or you know, like I hurt my knee squatting, and I want to keep going to the gym, but keep can you help me work through this because like this. Like, this is something that I care a lot about and I want to keep doing it. And then, but like, it's almost as if people shed their, their own humanity and then they just become the injury. And yeah. so for us, like, I, I believe that it's just, just like you said, it's so important for us to, to show them. It's basically like turn the mirror around and be like, look, this is the potential that yeah. is there for you. Like you, you can do this and you have the power to to have whatever outcome that, that you want to have, but it's not, it's not going to happen by just be like, all right, we're going to do three sets of 10 here. And, uh, then I'm going to send you home with this, uh, stretchy thing and you're going to get better. Okay. All right. See you later. Like it doesn't work like that. Uh, it kills me. It kills my soul. Um, I try to tell my patients or my clients or whoever I'm working with. Um, I like to view, this is where the deep work comes in because it's like, and, and the combination of the knowledge from physical therapy school. So I like to think of everything in terms of pain, in terms of nutrition, in terms of training stimulus, like everything is information. And if we just look at it as information, then we can change the way that we think about it. So basically I try to tell like a patient, so like you have like your external stimulus and like your environment, everything that's surrounding us is being processed by your central nervous system. It's constantly like taking it in and then it just basically processes that and you're, you are then their brain is creating beliefs based around their movements strictly based on that input from their nervous system. Just like, all the time happening. So if we as practitioners can get into um, that person's brain, not really, but like <laughs> get to the relationship of the patient to those things, to their environment or to whatever hurt them or to whatever stimulus, then we can change the way that they're, they're moving. And um, you've probably heard the quote, like, someone can't heal and thrive in the same environment they got sick in. So like it's our job to change that environment or change their perspective of that environment. So I think that that comes from self-awareness. So we have to like give that patient a little bit more self-awareness that that's not going to come from them doing three sets of 10 and just faking their way through an exercise that, you know, or giving them an exercise, walking away and just typing notes. Like that's not, good physical therapy. Um, so I think I'm really into like the holistic, um, part of medicine and the way, the way that that's shifting. I, I think myself as a practitioner is like, I think that thoughts are so interesting and important just because of everything that I've said before. So, um, Deepak Chopra, I don't know if you followed any of his stuff. Um, it's kind of woo-woo, but, like, I really like it. <laughs> but, <laughs> yeah, that's cool. <laughs> um, he says you can't change a thought with a thought. So you have to dive deeper and change the perception of the thought with a new experience. Hmm. So a person is going to think something 
because they've never experienced anything past that. So that's up to us as practitioners to give them new experiences. So say a person comes in with back pain and they're like, oh, I can't move. And I'm like, well, you're upright. So you got up, you can move. So we need to like teach them like, okay, if you move with back pain, like you're not going to die. And we're going to like calm down the central nervous system and just like tone everything down. And we give that patient creative, safe modalities and movements to like give them that sense of independence. And then that catalyzes a possibility in their brain. It's hope. It gives them hope that like I can move again. I can do what I want to again. And then that motivates them and inspires them to like participate in their therapy, which is then like attention. Everything is just like falling into pieces, you know? And like, so now they develop the vision of potential in themselves that started with just only us seeing that potential in them. So, um, another quote, love quotes. (laughs) Go for it. Um, um, Every successful person begins with two beliefs. The future can be better than the present and I have the power to make it so. I truly think that that is everything when you're working with a patient, making them think that like the future can be better than where they are right now. And then that they have the power to make it that way. Yeah. I I love that. Yeah. So that's, that's, that's awesome. So you're, you're totally, totally talking my language here with the whole nervous system thing. Cause I like my I guess my specialty guy guy is like the the, the breath guy, right? Of just the whole, the whole breathing thing. Like it's, it's that, it's the bridge between cognitive fitness and physical health. Like it's, it's the interface for us to be able to influence our physiology in a way that it carries over into, into the mind and and vice versa. Right. It's like if, if everything's going off the rails in your head, then just get out of your head and get into your body. Everything's going on through in your body, get out of your body, get into your head. And like, it's just, it's a two way street or a circle, whatever way you want to talk about it. Right. Yeah. And, and we, we have so much more power to influence ourselves, our situation and the outcomes, the future, than then we give ourselves credit for and, and our patients like they're, they're experiencing the same thing. Like it's their human being ship that, that needs, needs to be healed. Like they, they need that adaptability back. And that, that comes through like a holistic approach. And so that's, yeah, totally speak my language. Love it. So good. Um, (laughs) Yeah. I think, I think that, um, the biggest thing is just like, people are so afraid of what's going to happen. Like they really think like, you know, like conceptually they're like, maybe not, I'm going to die if I move with back pain, but like literally that's kind of what their central nervous system is telling them. Oh yeah. So it's, it's, it's all based on this like perception of fear. And it's like, we need to teach people like, you don't have to be afraid of this. Like, and that, and that comes from just being able to like reach them at that level and calm them down. And like you said, offering a bridge between the fear response and then actual movement optimization. Yeah. I I like the idea of meeting them at their level. And I think that's something that you do really well with your online stuff. And so like, how, how, how do you do that? How, how do you meet somebody at their level? Because I'm 
we interact with people that are at all different levels, right? So like, how do you, how do you get in there and get, get, get on that level with them? I think it's, it comes from a space of being like when I was talking about self-love and being empathetic and compassionate for yourself, I think that you have to hold that space for other people too. Because just because people are viewing their injury or their pain in a way that you don't see their pain doesn't mean that you're right and they're wrong. It's, it's having that compassion for someone and saying, like, I understand you're going through this. Like, let me help you. And I think that not – I think I think ego kind of gets in the way with some treatment and some physical therapist. And it's like – or, you know, like – well, we were taught to do it this way. What well, doesn't matter? You're not, you're not a patient case in a book. You're a person and everybody experiences pain differently. And, um, or they have, you know, weakness, everybody has strengths and weaknesses. And I think just understanding each individual, individual person at their level and not thinking that you're better than them. Um, I hate, hate, hate when, PTs are like, use the doctor and try to make them sound like more than the patient. And it's like, no, listen, I'm a person too. I understand what you're going through. Like, maybe I'm a movement doctor, but that's only because I'm going to use everything that I've learned up until this point to help you. It doesn't mean that I'm better than you. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I think that that gap needs to be closed a little bit. Um, and people need to understand, like, they're not going to help people change or help people heal if these people don't feel like they're in a safe environment to do so. If they don't feel heard, if they don't feel understood, you're not going to be able to make change in their system. Oh, yeah. Yeah. What that sounds like to me is this is a conversation that I've, I had with another person a while ago of just that, like the people that, that we work with, whether that's a patient or a client, you know, like it's in a physical therapy situation or just um, you're, you're just working with them on some strength stuff, you know, uh, you're coaching them is that they are the expert of what they are experiencing because like, yeah. It doesn't matter what the research says. It doesn't matter what some other client or patient that you had in the past that had the same air quotes there, the same situation, what they were going through. They are the, they are the expert on their experience. And, you know, as, you know, movement doctors, it's our job to meet that experience and to help them to understand it as best as we can and as best as they can. And then to, you know, build off of that foundation of trust to get them where they actually want to be. Yeah. I think trust is a, is a huge word when it comes um, into the world of coaching and physical therapy, because it's like, if we shame somebody for their symptoms or what they're feeling, that's a surefire way to paralyze them in the same state. You know, we have to develop that trust and that rapport with that patient. And like I said, make them feel heard and make them under feel understood and make them feel like, you know, like just because you're going through this doesn't mean like we're not going to get past this. You know, we might experience pain, but like, let's change our relationship to pain. We're not, we're not going to be doing physical damage to you. We just need to change our relationship here and make them feel like, um, yeah, just like everything that you said, that was like fire. So fire. 
Thanks. (laughs) Thanks. Um, So what this kind of feels like to me is that that means that us as, as movement practitioners, right? Because I I very much view the coach as somebody who should be considered a member of the medical team, essentially, for for a person. So we'll just say movement practitioners, experts for, you know, physical therapists, coaches, you know, good coaches. It feels like to me that when we are in a relationship with a client, with a patient, that means that we have a responsibility almost to step into more of a mentorship uh, role for helping them to see more than just like your knee doesn't just spin like this, like you're a person and your the fact that you have this injury is affecting your life in this way. Let's take care of that. Right. So for, for you with, with mentors, like what, what role have, have mentors played in your development of getting you to, to where you're at now? Um, I think that like the mentors that I've had in my life so far have just given me a way to just be a sponge and soak up all the knowledge and all the wisdom of the things that they've experienced in their life in the way that maybe I haven't or, and it gives me perspective. Um, And the biggest thing is that they're able to communicate it in a way that like, hits my soul just right. Like they talk to me in a way that like, I do feel understood. I do feel heard. And I feel like a lot of times, and I'm just speaking of me. So I can only, I can only imagine if like we have a patient or or somebody that we're working with that's in pain, but like sometimes it can feel like you're just like alone in this world. It can, you can really have that feeling. And I feel like having mentors and like a good mentorship program gives you the, you know, the hope and the possibility to do whatever you want in the world and feel like a good mentor, um, inspires you. They challenge you. They connect with you. Um, they open your mind. Like I said, gives you, gives you a little bit more perspective, but like most importantly, they don't judge you. They don't judge you for who you are and where you're at right now. They can see that you're improving and it just gives you a safe place to learn and to experience a new way of life. And they ask questions and um, sometimes they're stupid questions that I ask and they never, I've never felt stupid when I've asked a question to one of my mentors. And like you said before about holding up a mirror, I think that mentors, a really good mentor is, is just someone that holds up a mirror and says like, you're amazing. Your inner greatness is shining. Go be, you know? Oh yeah. Yeah. I, I agree with that hundred percent. And you and I have some kind of uh, mutual mentors in, you know, the, the guys that active life with, uh, you know, like Sean and, and Ray of, of being, very much the people that are like, Hey, like, here's some more tools for you. We're going to do this thing. We're working together, but we don't just want you to do this thing for us to do this thing right now. We want you to basically unleash the talents, the abilities, skills, just the things that you want to do and go out there and crush it. Like it's one of those things. It's like, it's not just for like we, we don't want you to do this thing to, for us. We want you to do it for you because there, we see something that is there that other people can benefit from and, and you need to go and do it. 
Right. And so like for me, that's been, that's been huge of just like, Oh, well I guess I can. So I'm going. Yeah. I think, I think it's so huge of like surrounding yourself with a good, healthy environment of mentors and in a good, healthy work environment because you sometimes get caught in like the negative thinking patterns that could be exposed in, in the PT realm. And I think that Sean and Ray are, are really good at, you know, letting you explore and be creative within your own mind, but also saying like, this is our methodology and like, um, you know, follow it. It works, but like, we want you to be creative. We want you to explore. We want you to, um, help as many people as you can because it's only going to make the team better. It's very team minded. And I really love that. And I, honestly cannot even say thank you enough to both of those people like they're amazing human beings their human being ship is on point <laughs> exactly <laughs> exactly yes yes i love it uh, i hope i hope that 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 uh that word infects your vocabulary and then you just uh, you have to use it <laughs> <laughs> uh, so that's kind of like the professional stuff that's that's where um I think, you know, that's how you and I cross paths, uh, is with, with all the active life stuff. So like, what's, what's next for you? What, what do you have coming up? What, what are you excited about with, uh, you know, that stuff professionally or, or not of anything else? What are you excited about? Um, so right now I'm kind of like in a transitory phase of life. Uh, we both graduated physical therapy school. Um, so, um, and I also just transitioned out of a business that I was helped building for like a year and a half, almost two years. Um, so right now I'm just kind of like figuring out my space or like what platform or the best way to communicate, um, my mission. Um, I'm onboarding with active life right now to like help a, a broad scope of people. So, um, if people online are in pain, they will be active life clients. Um, if I have, um, people that reach out to me and they're more like performance, performance aesthetics. Um, I have them on like my strength and conditioning, um, online programming. Um, but my ultimate goal, I've really tried to like sit and figure out like my mission in this, in this life. So this is really like exactly what I want to do is I want to heal others by being a light, um, of optimism and a judgment free space that's open to people of all walks of life. Um, I want to do it with compassion and empathy because I feel like everybody on earth serves a purpose and it's an injustice for anybody to not believe, you know, that and understand their true strengths. So kind of in the works of starting to develop, um, something (laughs) that I'm not going to say too much, but like my brain's been spinning for a while and I am so excited to offer the world some healing because I really do feel like people need that and um, physical healing, mental healing and spiritual healing. I really feel like um, if I can be a light in those aspects, um, I feel like that's my calling on this earth. So we shall see where the universe takes me. Gosh, I sound so woo woo right now. I'm sorry. <laughs> but like, <laughs> I promise I'm not like this big hippie and like, I don't walk around barefoot. I promise. Um, but yeah, I think that, I don't know. I'm just ready to serve and ready to be a light. So yeah. 
That's that's awesome. I think that that's this is really cool. Like this whole thing has come very much full circle of this conversation because we started out talking about the whole like self love thing and knowing yourself, understanding who you are, and all of that. And that if you take that little snippet in and of itself, it sounds very. Uh, self-centered and self-serving. But then if you link that back into everything else here at the kind of, of what we just talked about, what you're doing and of like the why behind that, and it comes out to be of being, of being of service to your fellow human being. Right. And I think that that's a paradigm that is, it's kind of an interesting thing to explore of that, the more you're willing to give to yourself to be a better version of you, the more useful you are as a person to serve and lift and help others. And I, I just, really, I think it's, a, a, I love that. I think you should drop that mic you have. <laughs> <laughs> that was phenomenal. Yeah. I really, truly, I agree with that 100%. Um, and I feel like if more people are connected to that, um, that calling. Um, so if they're connected to themselves, they're more connected to their calling or they're more willing to serve in a way that's going to help this thing called the planet and whatever in whatever realm that is. Um, I was listening to a podcast the other day and the guy was kind of talking about like, Oh, what, what, you know, what people should be advocates for and what they should do in this world. And he was, he was saying about, it really struck me because it's like, what breaks your heart the most? What truly like hits you deep in the core? Like it breaks my heart to see people suffer in physical pain and mental pain and spiritual pain and not feel like they have a directed path back to themselves. And I'm like, that is my calling. So start, start asking yourself questions. I think people will be more connected to it. Get yourself a mentor, surround yourself with good people, and be a good human. And I think that that's all the things that, you know, connect us back. That's awesome. I love it. So one last question, and then we'll talk about where people can find you and everything. Because you just, I wasn't going to ask this, but just made me think of this. You said to start asking yourself questions. If you were to give people, say, two questions that people need to start asking themselves today, what would they be? My favorite question to ask myself is if I loved myself, what would I do? It's one of my favorite questions to ask myself. And am I living at my highest level of knowledge? How or how so how, how, and how am I not? And then act accordingly. I love it. Both, both questions that encourage accountability to what you already know and who you, who you already are. It's kind of like, those are really good mirror questions, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Mirror questions. We'll say that. <laughs> yeah. Um, they're Mark Gross, amazing. Um, develop my like emotional IQ to start asking myself some really good introspective questions so like i said surround yourself with good thought leaders and you know i think you can start asking yourself really good questions that way awesome awesome so how how can people find you because i think that people listening to this like they're gonna be like that girl she knows what she's talking about (laughs) that that uh 
that hit home and I want to, I want to, I want to be better when I want to work with her. So how, how do people find you? So the best way that they can find me is on Instagram at dbird20. Oh my God. If I only knew that my Instagram was going to get big, I would not have named it. E-E-E bird 20. Um, and then my training website is trainwithdbird.com slash Wix site. Um, the link's in my bio on my Instagram page. So it's all there. But I don't know. I just want to say thank you so much for letting me talk and be Danielle and be a little woo-woo and do all the things. Be a human. <laughs> well, your, your human beingship is... It's good. It's, it's right on point. So awesome. makes for, it makes for a good conversation. Thank you for taking the time to, uh, to be on here and it was fun. We'll, uh, we'll have to have to do it again sometime. Yeah, for sure. Oh man, that was a great conversation. Uh, like I said, go and follow Danielle Deeper 20 on Instagram or train with Deebird for her website. Uh, she's always putting out awesome stuff. And speaking of awesome stuff, remember that the Breathwork program is live. You can access that by or sign up for it by going to the link in the bio of my Instagram, which is lance.enerson. That's L-A-N-C-E dot E-I-N-E-R-S-O-N underscore D-P-T. And you can start working on your own human beingship, your own adaptability of being able to meet the demands of life and to excel and overcome whatever gets thrown in your path by harnessing your mind and your physiology. So just a reminder, go on there and sign up for that. It will definitely start moving the needle for your performance and your overall well-being. And I hope that you have an awesome rest of your day.